This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. You a pothead fucker? Glance on the telephones are ringing. Overload mode in the 21st century. Driving home with my hand on the cell phone. Pulling over, turning up, and dialing to my fingers. Going live at five. Live This is Live at Five. Hey, live at Five. Live at Five. Okay, Wednesday after the primary that no one voted at, or for, or in, or got involved, whatever. You know the deal. Yes, there was a primary yesterday. Do you remember that? Hello? Hello. Uh, I know, I'm being annoying already. It's seven and a half minutes after the hour. Actually, it's eight minutes. Well, by 30 to 28 seconds, so. And uh, we may or may not have uh, Attorney Joe Stanley in today. It's the summertime. You never know. But we just keep uh, uh, thrusting ahead here on AM 1240 uh, with your so-called host. Now, it's Wednesday already. In my mind, it's still Tuesday because, as you know, and if you care, I wasn't here. Uh, I got my colonoscopy, and everything worked out. And this is two days later. It's Wednesday. Beautiful day outside. You know what I did notice today? I drove to Carthage today. And I've been looking at uh, dead grass and dead fields for what weeks, months now, right? right you know, essentially th- since mid-July, things just dried up. We had a green spring, a lot of water, not not a tremendous amount, but things were very fresh, green, and looked like Ireland, right? Uh, then July just dried up. It's been dry ever since. Every now and then, you'll see a storm go by, uh, and whether or not it's in your neighborhood is a big question mark. But then, then like yesterday, and it it it, uh, it rained a decent amount. It didn't rain. It wasn't persistent rain that we truly need. But all of a sudden, I tell you what, that ride going uh, over uh, Route 126 into Carthage, it was gorgeous. And I, for the first time this summer, I'm seeing uh, a roadside, uh, you know, sales of, of corn. You know, the whole buddy system: leave your money here and grab grab an ear. Uh, and then, but just how beautiful it looked on the way there, just as green as could be. So I don't know if that was contributed from just yesterday's rain. Yesterday's rain. Did, did uh, Neil Diamond sing that? Yesterday's wrong. <clears throat> uh, so it looked beautiful. Uh, so, but, so I want to go back to the fact that, first of all, we want to congratulate Claudia, the Congresswoman, excuse me, Claudia Tenney. We talked with her at length yesterday. Probably the reason why she actually won yesterday's primary. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's a tough uphill battle for for someone uh, to go up against uh, the congresswoman. She's got a great track record, got great support, not, and no less from uh, former President Donald Trump. And um, she she uh, you know I, I've I've met her, I've spoken to her. Obviously, yesterday and other other times, she came in here to do a segment for uh, Fox News, Fox Financial. Uh, she rides a bicycle. Bicycle, listen to me. She rides a uh, a Harley Davidson. She's in the bike groups. She's got guns. She doesn't like illegal immigrants coming over here for nothing. She doesn't want people getting their $10,000 off their student loans or the Pell Grant. I like how they slipped the Pell Grant in there. 
Uh, so, so congratulations to Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, and also congratulations to Mario Frado. First time out of the gate, never ran for political office before in his life, uh, and, uh, and and you know poked poked fun to some degree at uh, you know at the real authentic nature of 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 uh, 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 Congresswoman uh, Tenney's conservative background. You know, in his words, of course, he says she's not conservative enough. I think there was probably too emph- too much emphasis on that. But you know, what are you going to do? You, you know, you, obviously you're on the same page in a lot of respects. But what what Mario was trying to say, uh, and did a very effective job, uh, was that uh, you know just because someone says that they're Republican doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean they are. And of course, you know, uh, Claudia Tenney's camp said absolutely hogwash. Uh, look this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but both of them did an outstanding job. Needless to say. And uh, Claudia Tenney moves on to the next. Just like Jeff Graham said, to who? Nobody knows. No one knows who the Democratic opponent is in the 24th District. At this point, you figure you should know, right? Is that process come and gone? Are they just going to put anybody up at the last mo- moment? Um, and I know pr- who's it? the good-looking guy is going to be the Democratic candidate against uh, Stefanik in November. He doesn't stand a chance. But, he, you know, again, I think he was with the CIA... Got a good beard, good G.I. Joe look going on there. And so he will go up again. And, 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 and you know, listening to Jeff, I tell you what, Jeff has got an edge to him. And he's, he's had that all of his life. But it really came out when he, he lost his, uh, his, like, 16th bid for mayor uh, against uh, Joe Butler back in 2015. From that point, that's already seven years ago. From that point going forward, Mayor Jeff Graham, the hotline host himself, just took the boxing gloves off. And became more and more of the, the true uh, crotchety person that he is on Pearl Street. That's Jeff Graham. The true person has been released uh, from his, you know, his duty as, as mayor of, of, of Watertown for so many years. So he can let it all hang out, so to speak. Today, he was speaking of which, he was talking about those ads on Fox News. about uh, I forget what it's called. It starts with a P, interestingly enough, on how they uh, use the analogy of a bent uh, carrot to one man's, you know, appendage issues. In other words, the carrot is supposed to represent a bent penis, which is a problem for a lot of men, apparently, and there's a drug to correct that. Uh, you know, uh, straightest outus, I think is the name of it. No, just kidding. Anyway, uh, but he went on and on about that today. But getting back to my original point about Jeff, it's true. The, the Democratic Party doesn't call up Jeff. They should, whether they like him or not. Uh, you know, even even the representatives in the Biden uh, administration do, in fact, do interviews with Fox every now and then. And it's very important. It's not just because of that. You want to cross the aisle. You want to be bipartisan in many ways. But you want to talk to a guy like Jeff because Jeff knows politics. He really does. But Jeff raises a very, very good point. We don't know who the, who the, uh, uh, the congressional candidate that the Democrats are putting up. Uh, may, maybe, maybe Mario knows. Maybe he knew all along. Uh, at this point, I'm assuming uh, Congresswoman Tenney knows. I don't know, though. Jeff says he doesn't know. There is obviously a, uh, a, a candidate in the, in the Stefanik race, but no one in the 24th. How is that possible? Another thing yesterday, was, uh, and not that anyone up here cares about it. I'll be real quick about it, but uh, uh, what's his name? Nad- J- uh, Nadler won his wholeheartedly against Maloney down in, uh, it was East Side versus West Side in Manhattan. Uh, two, you know, comrades together in crime as far as Democrats, Democratic uh, uh, congressional leaders are concerned from the borough of Manhattan were thrusted against each other because of the redistricting. And that's when you realize who your friends are and who your friends aren't. 
Uh, Nadler won. Uh, Maloney didn't. And it just goes to show that there's just not enough Irish people living on the east or west side anymore. So we congratulate Mr. Nadler once again. He'll forever, or continue rather, his, uh, his useless sense of, of representing America uh, down there in Washington. Congratulations. Uh, so what else is going on? Oh, so on Friday night, so we congratulate everyone from yesterday, all two of you. Uh, and then we, we move on to what happened to me on Friday. It was the actual premiere of uh, Brain Hunter. We spoke with the directors, uh, husband, and they're not husband and wife yet. Uh, but that's Michelle and Rob Resto. And they are the producers, directors, blah, blah, blah. They generate the money to go to the next level. The screening was at the Calais Theater in Plasque. First time ever there. While I was there, SG, of course, was present, along with Councilperson Cliff Only, who was also there. I was there along with uh, neighborhood uh, uh, actor and thespian, thespian, <coughs> Ed Abate. Uh, was there because he's in the film. He's, he plays various roles. He also uh, helped out with getting the, a local warehouse as part of the, uh, the filming as well back in February. That's how I got all involved with all this, thanks to Ed Abate. So that was Friday night. That was a good time had by all. Uh, and uh, they're going to try to p- uh, play that movie, uh, Brain Hunter 1987 New Breed, at the local drive-in. I actually, you know, offered my own services to help out because it was a screening. They're still editing things. You know, they're still doing this, that, the other thing to fix it. This was kind of a a showing to, you know, just the cast and crew. Give everyone an idea where they're at right now. As far as distribution is concerned, it's going to take some time. But I noticed some errors that I, as a semi or so-called semi-professional, when it comes to audio and sound and different things that I've laid out over the years, because I've had experience with that, as, as you probably all know. And uh, I just called up Michelle. I said, Michelle, if there's any, I, I want to offer my services because I noticed some level changes from scene to scene, and the music could do this, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out and, you know, I'm going to try to help because uh, I, anything I'm a part of, and if anyone can use my help legitimately, you know, if anyone's, uh, if I walk into a, a lab of uh, nuclear physicists and, and offer, you know, just because I, I stay at a Motel 6 or Holiday Inn Express the night before doesn't make me an expert, but I feel real confident that I can help out uh, Michelle in the final product. So I'm looking forward to that. So that was Friday night. The colonoscopy was Monday night. Uh, yesterday's primary was yesterday, yesterday's news. And today, of course, is hump day Wednesday. So, uh, so I'm just going to open up the phone lines and see what I might be missing. Because uh, when I'm, I've been out of commission just the one day this past Monday, uh, is anything happening in the world? I heard uh, Samantha call up the hotline show. Um, I, you know, I, there are certain things that people are, I guess, talking about locally. No, no, bad, no bad news is good news. I don't think we've had a murder here in the last 30 days. If anyone uh, wants to correct me, by all means. So I'll open up the phone lines to anyone who wants to chime in. 315-783-7903. 315-783-7903. So uh, Jared Kushner came out with a book. Uh, and now all of a sudden I'm forgetting it. But no, I wanted to make, I think whatever it was, you know him as one of the main advisors in the uh, Trump administration. Uh, some people look at him. Of course, a lot of people from the left would praise someone like Jared Kushner and his family uh, because of their contributions to banking and the Jewish community. Uh, you know, one of the wealthiest families in the country. Uh, although Kushner's father did get into some trouble at some time or another, uh, they're extremely powerful. And he saw jail time. It was an extremely powerful family. Uh, but he is vilified by the view, vilified by so many people to the left because he crossed that line. Uh, but listening to Jared, and, and it's not the first time, he comes out with the book, he's doing his tour, he's doing all Republican radio, he's doing uh, morning shows and whatnot. That guy is brilliant. 
He really, truly is. And it just goes to show, uh, you know, a, a good, educated man like that with, with, with his Hebrew background. Uh, he's just a driven individual at a young age who did just so, so much. And I just wish that there was, a, you know, a Trump second term uh, where he could have prospered even more. Uh, to hear him say, what, you know, the things that he built, uh, including 450 miles of the, uh, the southern border wall and so many other things he did to broker peace in, uh, in Israel, not to mention he, he was a, a big factor in moving their capital. Uh, it's great contributions, not just to his country, to his president, who happens to be his father-in-law, but to his, to his own creed. And yet they tear him apart. They eat their own. If you're not part of the system, it doesn't matter what blood is in your bloodstream. We see the same thing with Herschel Walker uh, being referred to as a sellout in the state of Georgia. Uh, and then we see it on the opposite end of things with Dr. Oz. If you, if you notice my conversation with Congresswoman Tenney yesterday, I was somewhat obsessed. I, I actually kept the same theme along with Mario Frado. This guy, Fetterman, and I don't even know his first name. I just know him as Fetterman, six foot eight, just had a stroke less than 90 days ago. Uh, a clear tell, a telltale sign right then and there, you can't run for Senate. You are not in any condition to run for Senate. He's running for Senate. If there's one, if there's one unbelievable example, indicative, uh, I mean, just off-the-charts example of how it really doesn't matter who you are anymore to, uh, to be a part of uh, Washington, D.C., the Beltway, uh, uh, at the level of the Senate, mind you. It's bad enough that this guy would be a local assembly person. Or, and I don't know how he moved up the ranks, but somehow they became a lieutenant governor of the state of Pennsylvania. And the stuff that comes out of his mouth and, and the way he says it because of his latest issue. Uh, I don't know what the guy sounded like before his stroke, but I, I hear how he sounds afterwards. And when he does manage uh, to put a couple of sentences together, they're not very good. Uh, and he, he talks out loud like in, in such socialist ways. It's very, very scary. But the only reason why I bring him up is because despite the fact that Pennsylvania is relatively conservative, considered a rhino state, a mix of this and that, very much like uh, New York, upstate New York minus downstate, it's the same thing. Could you imagine if upstate New York just, just w had all the votes towards uh, the Senate that they would actually choose someone like him? This guy's got an 11-point edge over uh, Dr. Oz. And I think the biggest reason why there is such a gap there there's a lot of reasons. It's Saros money. It's Hollywood money. But, they, they, but Hollywood hates it when one of their own crosses the line and goes to the other side, this, the evil empire. And that's what, exactly what Dr. Oz did. He was uh, under the Oprah Winfrey uh, protege scale, if you will. Got his show through Oprah Winfrey because he was very good at it. And he appealed to a lot of people. And a lot of people paid attention to him as a doctor. Everyday advice. But now he's just evil. He's nefarious. And this, this, this other guy who's just wrong for, for, for Pennsylvania, wrong for the Senate, clearly has an edge. And this is the future of not just the Democratic Party. This is the future of the United States of America. So look out, folks. You're on the air. Hey, Glenn. How you doing? What's happening? It's uh, Jason Trainer. I, I, have, I have a challenge for Cliff. You know, he made a video about the bolt lock or dead bolt on the door there. Right. He said he wants to listen to people's concerns. Right. I have a challenge for him. Okay. Well, why don't he put the pool on ice, the third pool, take that 2 or $3 million, and clean up the homeless situation we have in the city. Not only clean that up, uh, do something. Do Me something. Get off your ass. Sorry. So, Sonny Coley, um, because for me, um, Glenn, yeah. 
this year I'm going to make a documentary. I'm going to go out and talk to homeless people right. and ask for their permission I can't to wait for that hear their story. Because here's the problem. Oh, wait, wait. No, let, let's stick with the documentary because I'm already bored to tears. I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm impoverished. Uh, you interview me. I'm out in the streets of, I don't know, Boyd Street, somewhere here in Watertown. And you walk up to me with a microphone. And uh, so I, I'm just, you know, I got drool coming down. I, I just did my last vial of crack. I'm, I'm, I'm down and out of my luck. You know, you laugh, but I'm just, oh, by the way, I was talking to a business owner yesterday. And I won't say who. And he says there's a place right here in Watertown where, you know, people are living in there, doing all types of drugs, going into dumpsters. I saw a woman the other day. Uh, Jason, if if you want to be an advocate, start looking at and because you're a working man, I see you working hard up there, right? Uh, there, there's yeah, there's a lot of people that just get stuck on these drugs, and all they could do is dumpster uh, dump it, whatever they call that. I saw this woman; she couldn't be any older than 26, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was on the phone talking to people, and I just I'm looking around. I'm like, oh my god, this woman is in and out of this dumpster. It, it looked like she was looking for her uh, contact lenses. But I realized that she's just in there looking for anything, not not maybe not food. She she didn't look like she didn't need a well. We all could use a meal every day, but I don't know about that. But this businessman said that these people are living there. He had a couple. You know, he didn't know if they were married, boyfriend, girlfriend. They lived in this abandoned place on Factory Street for three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Now again, what you well, what you're talking about is ice and the bus and masks. We got a serious problem of, uh, and, and again, it all stems from people being evicted uh, because the, you know the free rent is over from COVID. I don't know how many times I've gone by places in Watertown in the last six months to see furniture out on the street. It's it's really sad, but this is the aftermath of the free ride that so many of the people that were taking advantage of got deeper and deeper into narcotics and drugs, and now they now they're just living off this. We got some serious problems here. We got big city well, problems we, here. We do, Glenn. Here's here's. Here's my challenge to Cliff. Challenge. He's focused on the polls. He wants to spend two or three million dollars. And let's put that money uh, in good use. Let's, let's clean up our city. And here's here's what I would do. If the homeless community and people that need help, if you stand with me, I will stand with you. There you go. I'm not going to fight for something that people ain't going to stand be- behind me or stand with me. Right, like Clemenza. That's and that's my commitment. Right. And again, Cliff wants to focus on all these other issues uh, uh, and blame other people. All right, I'll, all right, Jason. Jason, I'll, now I'll, he's the elected official. Right. Now he's a local elected official. All right. Now it's his job. And like I like I said before, uh, Glenn, yep. I, I lived in public housing. Hearing. I brought up that issue. Yeah. And it stems from people not uh, their voices not being heard. Okay, wait, Jason, 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 I got to interrupt. I'll be Cliff Olney. I'll be Councilman Cliff Olney, okay? I'll put on my best Cliff Olney impersonation. And, I, and I'm, all right, so you're calling me up on the phone, and I pick up the phone. Ring. Hi, uh, this is uh, Councilman Cliff Olney. Can I help you? Can I, can I help you spend other people's money? I'm real good at that. Do you have other people's money? Because I could spend that right now. So what can I do? I notice it's Jason Trainer. Uh, Jason, what do you want? <laughs> Uh, what, what 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 I want yeah. is you to listen, yeah. talk less, okay. listen more, right. and let's work together. Well, it's not going to happen. Uh, not 
and let's not take credit for each other's work, but let's 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 make this city great. Well, you know what, Jason? I'll, I'll make sure as long as you show up with a mask on the bus because I take the bus too. So, so you take the bus. Well, uh, you, we got to have well, a mask on as well. So, well, uh, here's, here's here's the problem. There, stick to Clay, that. Is you you're a liberal. You're a Democrat. Look right. what the Democrats are doing in New York State. Um, I'm a and libertarian. you abuse your power. That's all I got to say. And if you really want a serious conversation with me, then get off your ass right. and let's fix this city. Because we got homelessness, we got drugs. And like I said before, Glenn, yeah, if that period. community will right. stand with me, right. I will stand with them. I will go to the ends of the earth. Right. To represent them, Leo. so I need support. This is the, by the so way, just for, for so people who know, Jason Trainer is running for city council for 2023. Right, it's for next year. Right, are you running? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to be running against uh, uh, Pat Patrick Hickey. <laughs> Patrick Hickey, right? And Mr. Hickey. Right, right. That's Mickey what I said. Hickey. Yep, there you Mickey go. Hickey. Wow. Okay, so Patrick, uh, just let it be known that there is a person that's already in the ring. And it's uh, it's Jason Trainer. Jason, thank you. God bless you, man. I gotta go, my friend. And, and Glenn, and Glenn is that's uh, and if anyone has any questions, yeah. just give me a call. Give him a call. Three one five six six four five one five zero, and I will happily talk to you. If you yeah. have a situation, if you're yeah. homeless, it, it never please ends. Please give me a call, and I want to hear your story. Gotcha. All right. Thanks. Thank you. There you go. The missiles are on the way, um, Jason. I gotta go. One more thing. No, no. The missiles are literally. I can smell them. I'm about to be vaporized. But you know, Glenn, I got something else. You know, we all go at the same time. That's Jason. He's got to squeeze in everything there. So I don't know if uh, Joe's calling in today. I have no clue. Normally he calls a little bit early prior to the uh, the bottom of the hour, so I'm going to sneak in a a break here. And uh, dip, dip, dip. Welcome back. It's 530. A little bit after 530. Joe's not calling in. So just give me about 30 seconds or so before someone like Jason chimes in again. So you can chime in at uh, 315-755-1240. 755-1240 is the number. Uh, New call is always welcome. Tell me what's on your mind. What are we missing here? Is anything going on in Watertown that I'm missing? It's the doldrums of, uh, you know, late uh, August. By the way, I was uh, uh, recording, once again, another successful MMA event at the mall. I checked that at the arena this past Saturday night for John Gibbons. Uh, Victory Cage Fighting 34. Uh, good crowd. A lot of competition that night, too. So a lot of people showed up. Uh, and uh, 16 bouts. Some shorter than others. Uh, some tough dudes, that's for sure. Let's go to the phone and see who's there. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, what is up with your uh, obsession with Pennsylvania's representative? Yeah, I, I, sh- yeah, I agree. Who cares? Yeah, I know, but it's our Senate, though. There's there's a difference there, and and to me, it's it's an indica- indication of the craziness that we have going on right now. Do you, have you been following it at all? It is true, but do you care as much about our senators from New York? Yes, but there's no possible way that someone like Chuck Schumer is going to lose to Joe Pinion. God bless him for his effort, and Gillibrand. It's never the only way they can lose is to lose to each other, like what happened in uh, the in Manhattan last night, which is never going to happen, mind you. But uh, oh AOC, AOC, wasn't that crazy? AOC will topple uh, Gillibrand in the primary when she decides she wants to be a senator. Yes, it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, the fat man wins. He always wins. 
but you're really, really obsessed. I am. I well, why shouldn't? I, no, but let me explain. But and, you're not obsessed with Wyoming or Arizona. Ah, uh, no, I saw that coming. California. Uh, that was that was obvious. Once she went up against uh, uh, Trump, you knew Wyoming would turn on her. That that I knew that months ago. I just can't believe. Doctor Oz fan, in other words. I'm not even. A, no, you know what, ma'am? I'm not a Doctor Oz fan. I like him. It, when you look at Doctor Oz. I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. Who looks more, I guess, Senate-like? Who has better qualifications, regardless of their political allegiance? Can you believe this guy's got a 12-point lead over Dr. Oz? That's insane. That's not good for America. Why not? Because he loves Bernie Sanders. We, t- we oh. can't have a guy like that who lived under his mother and father's money up until 49 years old, like Bernie Sanders, by the way. And, and the rhetoric that comes out of his mouth is just, it's anti-American in my opinion. That's why I'm obsessed. Okay, I get you. God bless 1240. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And it's uh, Attorney Joe Stanley. Joe, you there? Hi, Glenn. How you doing? I am. Uh, Joe, I'm good, thank you. Joe, uh, uh, it's it's unfortunate with the passing of the celebrity Ann Hesh, uh, but I have some questions, and you know what happened there. She rushed her car twice into two facilities. Uh, the second one took her life. She had uh, smoke inhalation. Uh, they tried to save her. Uh, they put her on life support. A week or so later, she dies. i got to ask the question, though, Joe. The, poor, the woman's house that was destroyed, by the way, she was renting that house. She wasn't harmed. But what happens to her? Because the police in Los Angeles have said because she has died, they shut the investigation down. Is that true? Does an investigation after the fact, after someone dies, that ends automatically, Joe? Because there is a victim here, and even though there's an outreach of people on uh, GoFundMe and whatnot, which is nice, at the end of the day, there's got to be some type of legal settlement here, right, Joe? I think they were talking about criminal charges and the investigation into whether they're going to charge her with crime. I don't. I don't think there's any doubt that she's similarly responsible for the accident. So it's not really a question. The question is how much insurance did she have, and is it enough to cover the damages? So. So that's basically what it comes down to. Despite it's not a car crash, I mean it is, but it's into a building, so it's no different than well, if she's insured, if she's not insured, and you and I talk about non-insured drivers. And then you're really up a creek without a paddle, Joe. Well, unless she has assets. I doubt somebody in, in her position doesn't. But, you know, it's a question of how much. Uh, because she did do a lot of damage. Property in California is expensive. so Yes. Uh, and property damage limits on automobile policies are it's one of those things that people don't really appreciate. They may not have enough of them on their car policies. Right. Um, minimum property damage coverage on New York from minimum policies is $10,000, and that doesn't cover anything. Right, nothing. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a, a lot of policies are single limits, so it includes liability and property damage, but right. some do not. Some, some have separate amounts, so, right. so it's just a question of how much she has for coverage. More than likely a lengthy process, especially after the fact that there's an estate involved here where the woman has, where in this case, Ann Hesh has passed. Would this take a long time, Joe? No, I, not if there's insurance. If you have a sewer individually, you may have to take a judgment against the estate. Right. Yeah, then right. that would take a while. So, But at the end of the day, the, the person's house, the person who lost all possessions and whatnot, she's, a, she's an unfortunate victim in this. 
thank God she didn't get hurt or worse. Uh, but you know, again, you and I talk about you know d- different coverages. No one, no, no one expects the Hollywood uh, head case, and I'm sorry for calling her that, but she obviously didn't have a, a straight head on her shoulders that day. No one expects that to happen to your, you know, her, someone like that to drive into your house. But my goodness gracious, it does. A day before that, a woman distraught over a breakup in the city of Los Angeles, Joe, uh, purposely traveled uh, uh, her uh, road, rather her Mercedes Benz, into an intersection at 100 miles an hour, killing six people, including a young child and a pregnant woman. And, and again, these things. Like, okay, we, you and I could talk about slippery conditions, leaves on the roads, bad brakes. Uh, n- negligent driving, texting, and whatnot. But now we have someone with with powerful emotions who, for the most part, wanted to take her own life, but wound up killing other people. What, I mean, is there anything that we could protect ourselves against that, or just do we just pray it never happens, Joe? Well, you certainly pray it never happens, and that's the kind of situation, by the way, intentional acts aren't covered by insurance. So that's another interesting. Uh, really? So. So they had property damage insurance on her own house, which I presume she did if she had a million-dollar house in California. That, right. That would cover it. But the liability insurance, is a, it's an exclusion if, for an intentional act. So right. if somebody runs you over intentionally, better have good underinsured motorist coverage because that does cover intentional acts but not the liability coverage. Unbelievable. So if it's like in the case of the woman that killed six people in the intersection because she was distraught, is it possible then that they might look at it that way and say, this was intentional, you're not going to get liability from this? It's happened before. Wow. Unbelievable. And, Joe, just, just a commentary, because the president went on, the, on uh, in front of the entire country today, and we all knew what was going to happen because they, know, they, they pretty much signaled that uh, there was going to be some type of relief for uh, uh, student loans, $10,000 on minimum, 20000 for Pell Grants. Uh, what, what say you? You, you, know, you went to college you know, some time ago. College was a lot cheaper. Is this right for America? I mean, I know this isn't a legal question, but what, what are your thoughts about what, what happened today, Joe? Is it justified? Well, I, I think it's justified if everything else gets reformed in the sense of, uh, you know, the cost of college is expensive and our loans are given are expensive and, and making, ensuring that the whole, that the people are, what they're getting paid for right. is, is going to give a further advance in life. Right. I mean, the, the question about college loans, I mean, a lot of the loans that have already been forgiven are from these for-profit institutions that really don't provide you any education. And, you know, we need to make sure the people that are going and are borrowing are going to get a benefit from the education. Right. But, you, but you, I mean, to your then point... They're, then, they're able to pay, then they're able to pay it back. No, I know. The problem is if you lower all the money, and the process is, is if you're just allowing people to borrow money that aren't qualified to go to college or aren't, you know, aren't going to get any benefit from it. Right. It happens. Right. And, and do you, so. I mean, I believe that, I, I agree with you because, you know, let's face it, I, I, when I went in the early 80s, I had no more than, I believe, than a $13,000 commitment 
uh, to the to uh, to the bank for my four years. Uh, I paid a little bit on my way through. My parents helped me a little bit here and there. But at the end of the day, Joe, the the cost of 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 a, uh, underclass uh, education for me at least was considerably less than what it is. I think I mentioned this to you before uh, one time before. I heard that uh, Syracuse University for one year is over eighty grand, and that's an undergraduate degree. So you know that that to me is something that the, once everything went became you know one, once things got bigger in the '90s and 2000s, uh, people just automatically felt like well if I'm going to college and, and a bank's uh, dumb enough to give a student at 18, 19 years old a hundred thousand dollar loan, then uh, obviously there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be st- stuck with a with a large payback well, uh, later on. Well, Bob. By the way, the government only subsidizes loans. Not anywhere near $100,000 a year. The people who do about the, if it's over the government-sponsored amount, I think that's almost $15,000 or something a year, whatever it is. It's not that much. But whatever the, the, the government-subsidized loans are, you take out private loans. This doesn't have anything to do with those. It doesn't. Those are the ones that people have huge amount of loans with it at the higher interest rate. Right, right. Yeah, and I, it's, it's a wonder that people that have to go to the, that, that route and get more money and more commitment, a higher interest rate, why can't they get uh, the subsidized loans from the government? Is it because they come from a higher tax bracket, Joe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's qualified. And again, the government at least is making sure that the money is being spent for people who are going to get a benefit from it. Right. And, and, and you know, a lot of times they're just not showing the need and or, or the ability to do it. Right. And, you know, a lot of them are for graduate degrees. Right, it's true. Just, I mean, our, our system of educating people probably should be better. Right, and cheaper, for that matter, no doubt. Uh, because it is a deep hole for a young person to take on, especially as a, a young family and couple uh, coming out of uh, college together. Well, that, again, interesting stuff as always. Uh, by the way, real quick, uh, SU, 80000 plus, Joe. Worth it or what? I have no comment on it. <laughs> you know, it depends on who you are. Right, right. I, I think it depends on who you are. I think for some people, it's a, it's a great opportunity. You meet a lot of people. You learn things. Right. And others, if you're not, you know, if you're not going to benefit from it, then it's a, you know, at the end, if you don't graduate, right, and and and, and benefit from it, you you're also end up with is a debt. But that's right. That's right. A debt and a piece of paper that may 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 not help you later on, and then you got to pay it back. Well, and, if you don't graduate, if you don't graduate, you did nothing. You did nothing. It's it's a waste of money. And I've seen that before. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, I'm pre-med and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a lawyer, you know, and we change your mind or they change their mind. And it's a huge investment even for one or two years. It's a shame, but it's part of life, part of life indeed. Joe, when people need to get in contact. Man, you, should, yeah. you, you should look up. Well, I'll finish. I'll tell you that. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Look up. I know we lost them. Joe, you there? We lost you. Over six years, and the percentage of people who graduate—and I'm—I'm only doing this from memory. Okay. It's only fifty or sixty percent, or whatever. You should look at the numbers. And they I will. Be astonished. Uh, uh, I will. Way, people need to get a hold of me at CanadaLawOffices.com. Yes. My email is Joe at CanadaLawOffices.com. The phone number is one eight hundred six zero eight. Joe, thank you very much. And yes, I will look that up. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, it's Joe. Good topic. I, I will. Excellent. Bye. Thanks, Joe. So what he's saying there, he got cut off, uh, that there was a high percentage of people that don't finish college and make that heavy investment for one or two years and just move on. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. 
you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, this, this is out of state. And uh, this is no reflection of this young man, but he's an incredible athlete. He's an amazing wrestler. One of the best in his state. Good-looking kid. Uh, his brothers are also into wrestling. And, uh, you know, he got a scholarship to some school somewhere. And um, he hated it. He just couldn't stand it. He wants to make money. And, you know, he'll be a success without getting a, a degree. Maybe one year he'll go back for it, whichever. Maybe he'll get a business degree, whichever, or, or a trade. But, uh, you know, when you, sometimes when you look at people that get scholarships because of their uh, uh, athletic prowess, you know, their ability to, to be a, uh, an athlete, a wrestler in this case, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be, uh, you know, really keen on education and going to classes and getting your 30 credits and moving on to the next year and the next year and the year after that. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to go to college just like my brother and sisters did, uh, but it do doesn't work out. That's a hefty investment. That's why I always say if you're unsure about it, again, just go to, co just go to uh, community college. You're going to get pr pretty much the same education there you would at least in other state schools like Potsdam or Oswego for that matter. You're going to get your prerequisites to get you to the next level, but you're not going to spend a fortune. All right, let's do a break. Uh, you're listening to the Live at Five show. We'll be back after this. There's a lot of things that need change. Uh, that's right. That's this weekend. That's right. Not tomorrow night, but the night afterwards. It starts off at uh, right there, what, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock at the arena. Then it's the Miss Italia. You heard the deal. Of course, you get Johnny Spadano to do that ad. I was happy to do that ad for TV. Uh, and I also did a little segment for their, their Heritage Society. It was over there at the Italian American Club last uh, Thursday night recording uh, Tony Scordo and her associate from the Heritage uh, booth. And they're, and they're seeking information on anyone that has any interesting stories, your grandfather's name, your lineage, uh, obviously of Italian descent. Because remember, Italian-Americans. No, I'll let his testify. Yeah, remember that from Godfather 2. You know, I used to hate the scenes from the, from the Senate hearings. That's a complete falsehood. I was in a deposition for the other station for a bunch of stuff that they were doing over there because they fired everyone because they hated the union and all that stuff. So anyway, I, I was doing the deposition, and, and, uh, uh, and uh, the guy says, is that true, uh, Mr. Curry? And I go, that's a, and I reached up to the mic. That's a complete falsehood. It was my, a Michael Colleone moment. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn, it's the Clayton guy. How Clayton Yankee fan who was also at the, once again, you were at the MMA event this past Saturday night. Yes, yes, it it was a good time. It was. Good night. No doubt. No problems. No one beat the crap out of each other other than in the ring this time. So that's good. No, no problems outside the ring. Proud of you. No, and actually that was um, Dante Culpepper's brother that, that was at the fight. Oh, oh. Are you sure about that, Joe? I, I thought Mo loved the business. Are you sure that? I, I'm glad you brought it up. I, I heard it was Dante Culpepper. Well, that's what Johnny said in it. Because you remember when I was up there, we, we Googled him? Yeah. And and uh, when I went down there, he goes, no, that's my brother. He goes, I played in the NBA. He played for the Charlotte Hornets and one other NBA team. I can't remember which one. Huh. Okay. Hmm. And that's some family because Dante Culpepper played professionally. He played professionally. His one cousin plays for the Green Bay Packers right now. Really? And another cousin plays for i think the um texan team or something like that he was rattling it off Interesting. so that's a that's that's a quite a, a 
athletic family. No doubt. Okay, but I will challenge you only because I was talking to John Gibbons today, who's, who who said it was Dante Culpepper, the former quarterback of the uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and that he was up oh, here because because he's an investor in uh, windmills. And he's got some money invested in the windmills. That's the, that's the story I got today. Well, unless he, I doubt he lied to me. But when I went up to him and <laughs> and and I said, Johnny said the NBA. He goes, I played in the NBA, and Dante was my brother. Huh? Wow. So, and, and and then I got a picture of him where I come up to his armpit almost. Right. You know? So either way, he was definitely a Culpepper, and he was in yes, the pros. We just don't. Okay, gotcha. Well, interesting. And he was a and he was forty four years old. So obviously he's retired now yeah, and sure. everything like that. Sure. Sure. You know what I was watching last night with uh, the old lady, my bride? I was watching the WNBA game. Uh, we went to the uh, uh, Bad Apple Garage last night. First time ever we walked there. And I tell you what, it was exciting to see. It was Chicago versus uh, New York Liberty. And, boy, those girls could play, uh, Greg, Oh, former Yankee Clayton yeah. fan. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Um, you know, not my cup of tea, mind you, but... I, oh, I am always amazed by someone who's less than five foot six that can throw a ball, a three pointer from thirty five feet away. God bless him. Uh, but that was last night. Oh yeah, you know, you always get on the uh, like uh, Syracuse. You know, geez, they they can't shoot foul shots. Right, right. So I went down to the dome. I don't know how many years ago. And if you sunk two foul shots, you got a hat. <laughs> um, I was there. I mean, I I airballed it once, rimmed it the second time. I stood at that line, and you would be surprised. I didn't. I stood there for like twenty minutes. Nobody got a hat. Really? Wow, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Now, now this is just for a hat. Right. And um, and when you're standing at the foul line, the the rim looks taller. Right. Farther right. away. Everyone's looking and, at you. Know, you. Yeah. So. Do you, by the way, do you golf? No, I haven't golfed in years. I golfed until somebody told me I had talent. And and uh, then all the fun went out. Ah, yeah, that, that's funny how that happened. You know, because someone uh, posted something on Facebook. There's nothing better. There's a lot of great feelings in the world. This, that, and the other thing, but nothing greater than hitting a ball off the tee uh, over 280 yards in front of the clubhouse because you know everyone's watching. It's a great feeling. You're not supposed to know that everyone's watching, and a lot of it is behind closed windows or maybe they're out in the deck having a cocktail. But you know they're looking at you from the first tee. That is a great feeling. Uh, and by the way, I've never had that feeling. For the record, I'm such a hacker. And, but it, it, and the only reason why I bring it up is because it's the pressure of doing simple things like throwing a basketball into a net from the foul line when you know you you've got to do it for either a hat or whichever. A hat, you know, you you just you're worried because everyone's looking at you. So I can understand that. And in golf, I think it comes with the territory. You know, one of my reps was a NCAA golfer. He was nationally ranked and. He tried out for the U.S. Open three or four years, and yeah. he just couldn't make it. But the point of the story is, yeah. I said, what's the difference between you yeah. and the guys on TV? And he says about seven or eight shots. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's it's true. Uh, you got to be a, at said, least a scratch golfer. shots where they put into the woods and they come back out onto the green. Right, right. He said the, the, the hard shots right. are, are where they, they excel. Right, and they excel at the the uh the 45 yard into into the uh the, to the cup range or for, for that matter longer than that so many people like the hackers of the world or the really good golfers don't get me wrong are so proud of the fact that they can hit it over 280 yards but the most of the game is within 35 yards and that's where you cap that's where you become a pro or you're just a guy that goes golfing with your friends and there's a it was there's a big distinction I made him a bet that he couldn't drive the ball 
over the causeway. It's a long story. But anyway, yeah. I bet him 100 bucks. He and? put a ball down. <laughs> I told him I'd give him three chances. He yeah. put every one of them over the causeway. Did you have to give and him $300? What's that? Did you have to give him $300 because he did three? Th- no, I told him he gets three shots to win 100 Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Because I had a party at the house, and nobody and all these golfers, these people I thought were good golfers, couldn't drive the ball over the causeway. But he did, of course. So, That's oh, an- he just he pulled his clubs out, put the ball down, and yeah. knocked it over. And that's something. And it was it's well over three hundred yards. There must be a great and, feeling uh, to be able to do that. And and yes, it's very tough to get. Greg, uh, good seeing you and your uh, and your uh, a significant other the other night, and we had a good time. Uh, yes, it was. Thanks for the hospitality. Yep. And hang in there, my friend. Uh, you too, man. Uh, the former Clayton Bye-bye. Yankee fan. See you, Greg. Hi, you're in the air. Hey. What's happening? As you know. Golfing's your greatest thrill. You really should try sex. I'm sorry. I, I, I was almost English. Say that again. I could barely hear what I you said. said. If, golfing is, if golfing was your greatest thrill, you should really try sex. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a great... <laughs> I, all right, right. You don't have to take it that... Why do you always have to take things I say? Because I'm like a fourth generation smart ass. You know? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So anyway, SG was at the, uh, the show the other night. So SG, your honest assessment. Go! Go, SG! Well, well, I can't give an honest assessment because of the sound problem. Right. We didn't understand, like, the, the whole death scene, we didn't get a word of it. Uh, neither Cliff or I could. What, my, so my, de- a lot of, my desk scene? There important things going yeah. on, and we didn't know what that was. So we, who was the black hat guy? We really just didn't get it. Yeah. But the rest of it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the, and I'm sure the death scene answered some of that, but we, we couldn't hear it. Oh, the death scene, yeah, we enough. couldn't understand, yeah. Because I could swear yeah. that, I, you know, I could swear John Fiore is dying. Like James Cagney on the steps of a, of a church at the end of a, you know one of his movies, uh, but then at one point the the lead actor says take care of him like take care of what he's a dead body he's not breathing anymore yeah that's what that's so, what so I, I didn't know if he was a yeah. alive or dead and when one but thing I, I, don't, did, I don't yeah what was the glowing light I, I don't I don't know no. I mean it was shot well and it was a great great camera angle and that that drone shot was yeah. great but yeah. I, just, I just don't know and when the kids were in the car. They pulled up and they were talking and the music was playing and I don't know if that dialogue was important or not. Right, right, right. We well, that's hear, we could just hear the music. Yeah, and she said, "Well, you know, doing it on a computer and playing it on uh, on the full screen again, there's a big difference oh, there sure, because it's, different. Yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah, split yeah. it either it, if it's not condensed mono wise. There's a lot of factors, and I told Michelle that, and it's hard, you know, because if someone comes up to me and says, Glenn, you're doing this wrong. I want I can tell you, I'm, I'm going to get offensive. Michelle didn't. She says, I need help. The, the the guy that did the audio that day really didn't know what he was doing." And, uh, you know, when I did my own scene, which is a mi- one-minute scene, there was eight people in that room, including me, eight. And, right. and you would think that someone really w- knew what was going on as far as audio is concerned, but they really didn't. So I told Michelle, if the audio is still there, which it is, I can enhance it. If I need help from Ken, uh, I will, but I'm definitely going to make it better, that's for sure. Your left ear, ear hasn't got his own... Uh, so what SG is referring to is, like, you know, the one scene that I'm in, I'm ba- I, all you see is the back of my head. And uh, the, this, and which I'm kind of happy because to see myself on screen is like, oh my God, that's 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 me. That's what I. No, no, it, it it came back to you, whatever. But, yeah, it but did. Just it shot you for a second, then it was your left right. ear. For, right, right, right. Like, like, a while, and I was going, is right. it just going to be his left? Yeah, ear? I know, and, and I had my Jimmy Stewart uh, impersonation too at one point. The way I reacted, well, but I have my money here. You know, one of those deals, and yeah, I yeah, I put yeah. my head down like. You know. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, they're on the right track. They just got to, you know. Right. That's what these things are are to. To get the bugs out and whatever. Right, I don't wanna, right. You know, well, no, because you are you are a good critic because you like horror films. You like... No, I don't. Oh, I, li- I like vintage horror. I don't like slasher films. 
<laughs> That's my uh, Mr. Ed impersonation. Oh, Wilbur. I'm a, com- I'm a comedy guy, and I, and I like the... I, comedy I guy? What about all those things, from. all those relics you have in your house, those, everything is, you know, scary, ghouly. What are you talking about, comedy guy? One of my ex-girlfriends says I wear all my evil on the outside. There you go. Well, <laughs> I'm just pure inside, but I'm, you know, I like evil-looking things, but I don't, I'm not really into evil. But, I, I mean... You're a lover, not a know, fighter. Uh, Lon Chaney and Dola Gosi, you know. Right. You know, I, I grew up on that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Miss, uh, you know, Chile Theater. All right, so are, are you are you excited? Who won? Uh, well, you you're not part of the district, but who won against? Who won the Democratic? Was it Pretori? I get them mixed up myself. Uh, Peter, Paulie, uh, Michael, Michelle. What's his Which name? One? Uh, the nineteenth. Who won the Democratic nod to to go up against uh, Stefanik in the uh, in the general election in November? Was it the ex-Marine, no good-looking guy, looks like G.I. Joe, or the other one who says that, uh, I, I, I get him all mixed up. Uh, yeah, all I, mixed up. The one guy, the one uh, guy. I tried, to, I tried to look, uh, and uh, they had this thing on Nadler, but they didn't really go into anything else in New York. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why they try to gerrymand all that so that both they can keep Maloney and Nadler. There's such crooks down there in Albany. I'm glad that didn't happen. So they eliminated one of their own. Maloney loses. There's not enough Irish people living in Manhattan anyway. I, Glenn Curry could have told you that centuries ago. So I anyway, think the point no was surprise. Gerrymandering bad no matter who does it, and it's been going on for years, and we need to stop it. There you go. That, that's the uh, and on there. that note, I got to shuffle off the Buffalo. Have a good man. Thank you. That's SG here on the Live at Five show. Almost didn't get into politics there, right, right into the very end. He loves the way things are going right now. He loves it. Everything is just fine. China, yeah, that's their problem. No one cares about China. Largest Navy. They got a flotilla waiting out there outside Taiwan, just waiting to move in anytime. We don't care about that. We just got to get rid of that white supremacy. Oh, those guys. Yeah. Drive those big-ass trucks. AM 1240 WE10 Watertown. News on the Hour, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Monica Ricks in New York. Students are celebrating President Biden's loan forgiveness plan. KCBS-TV's Matt Bigler's in California. Yeah, I think it's great. That's cool. 